everybody. Welcome to the City Girls podcast. This is the show where we are talking about sex in the city and we are talking about the first early episodes. It's season one, episodes three, four, and five. It's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Hi. And we have a special guest with us today. Our friend Danny Steele is here. And Danny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. So this is your first time being on Hallmarkies podcast of any kind. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little about you? Okay, great. Well, my name is Danny Steele and I am a New York City actress off, off Broadway, but we're working our way up. Um, and I also am a YouTuber. I have my own channel called Danny Steele. So I do a lot of uh, my own kind of, you know, videos and interviews and things like that over there, just having fun and um, social justice issues and things like that. So yeah, that's what I'm up to. That's you can great. also become a Patreon and be yeah, a of course. like I am. Yes. And I have also have a Patreon for more <laughs> mature content and just things that don't really flow with the YouTube algorithm. I have my Patreon and I get real personal on my Patreon. So yeah. if you're interested more in, in me, who I am, I would love to have you join me on Patreon as well. Danny Steele. Great. We'll put all that information in the description section and, and we have our Patreon as well. Uh, definitely take a look at that. And as you said that this, we always like to say at the beginning of this podcast that this is a more mature podcast. And so if you're, if it's a more, it's a mature show. So if that's not your jam, we have tons of other content that you can listen to. So check that out and uh, let's dive in. Let's get started. I really liked all three of these episodes a lot. I thought they were very funny yeah. and, and insightful and still held up. I thought pretty well. Uh, and we're starting with episode three, Bay of Married Pigs. I should say we, on this podcast, we have somebody who's single, someone that's engaged and someone that's married. So I think this is a perfect group to kind of dive into this, this topic, but Jax, overall, what did you think about this episode? I mean, I thought it was really funny. Uh, the fact that she saw Peter's Peter in, <laughs> that was <laughs> wildly uncomfortable and hilarious but I I thought that the whole marrieds versus singles even though it was wildly sort of blown out of proportion for tv I do think there is a whole thing about a oh we love this movie we do this we do that and a little bit of a division sometimes between people who are married and people who are single so I thought it was a really funny episode, but there was also a lot of truth to it too. Yeah. What, what did you think Danny overall of the episode? Um, I, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Very well written. Uh, you know, I grew up and sex in the city was on and I, I didn't understand any of it. I had, hadn't lived in New York and I hadn't had sex. So I, you know, to watch it as an adult after having spent over a decade in New York and obviously knowing more about sex, it's like really like, I'm like, oh my God, it's so funny. I love it. Like why, you know, why didn't I love this before? And um, that episode just reminded me of all my single days, you know, um, being single in undergrad and grad school and, and you know, people coupled up and, and just, it, it felt like couples had this kind of insidiousness, you know, it, you definitely felt like 
an outsider to not be married. And actually, uh, my New York City therapist, because there's a therapist and then there's New York City therapists. My New York City therapist told me, she said, you're one of the only married people I've ever met that doesn't say we went to the store or we went to the, you know? And I was like, yeah, it's true because I hate it. I hate that so much, you know? So this, this episode definitely... Um, just reminded me of how weird people can be like when they're married, you know? Yeah. I related to this episode so much. This is my favorite of three. And the, the whole idea of the sort of the secret war between singles and marrieds, because it's not even, I don't think it's actually that at least in my, hopefully with my friends, nobody, I don't think is worried that I'm going to be like interested in their spouse or whatever. But I think what's harder is that especially once kids come along is that is that your lifestyles are just so different once you're married versus single uh and also like just frankly the fact that sometimes even if you and if you think they're nice you know they have nice partners nice spouses they might not just particularly gel with you they might not particularly be your friend and so then it's kind of hard to continue the friendship because because it's just maybe a little bit awkward or they they naturally will want to find couple friends instead of single friends um that they both get along with and uh, so i think there's those kinds of issues that happen all the time but i just loved like the whole thing with the the poor single uh the poor single you looks you know like oh poor thing like i totally feel that way for sure uh, and also the the whole idea of people kind of treating you like you're more juvenile because you're not married that's definitely a thing too you know that uh uh, that I remember at a family reunion we had that, uh, they, my, the organizers gave, uh, like family packets, I guess, to everybody with all the information and everything. And, uh, they, they just, they were like, well, you can go and find that out from your parents, you know, instead of actually giving me my own packet or whatever. I'm like, I'm, I'm over 30. Like what? <laughs> Terrible. And when do you get your own packet? <laughs> That's horrible. Um, but uh, but yeah, I definitely could totally relate to that whole sort of dynamic of trying to make friendships work with married friends. It's tough. It can be tough. Yeah. Um, but vicious of Carrie like she gets kicked out of the Hamptons house yeah, because yeah. Peter couldn't keep it in his pants like right he assaulted her or flashed her and it's, it's not her fault yeah 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 I, I mean yeah that is wild that I mean was what do you think was he trying to do he just because he didn't seem interested in her so I'm not sure what he really was trying to do is he just sort of clueless I, my psychoanalysis, which might be wrong, was that the, the look on his face when she was telling her single stories, I think he just got off on the idea of it. I don't think he was hitting on her. I don't think, I think he also, from what we learn about the size of Peter's Peter, it was something to be proud of. And I think he wanted to show that off. Like some people mm-hmm. really like that kind of attention. And I think that was his deal, not that he was hitting on her. But what did you guys think? 
do you think of that, Danny? I know a lot of my um, single girlfriends uh, in their 30s talk about how couples will try to get them to menage a trois. Oh my so gosh. So for me, I felt like, is that is that what he's trying to do? Because she's talking about her escapades. I love this whole sexual currency. Like, you know, in order for her to be able to stay in the Hamptons, she's got to tell them these salacious stories because she's single. They don't get to hear it. And then right. I think sometimes that does turn on these married couples and they think, oh, let's spice things up with our wild single friend. Yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> true. I also loved... Uh, the whole line of Charlotte treated marriage like a sorority. She was desperate to pledge. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Yes>. Especially <laughs> here in Utah, that's the way it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, I, I want to ask Danny because Rachel and I have talked about it on the podcast before. Which, which Sex in the City girl do you identify the most with? Like, are yeah. you a like Carrie, a Miranda, a Charlotte, a Samantha? I uh, honestly, and it, and I think this will shock people. I'm more of a Charlotte. Yeah. I'm more <laughs> of a Charlotte because I, and every time I watch her, I've always had girlfriends like her who are just very like, oh my gosh. And you know, I, I just love being that way. Like, ew, ew, gross. And you know, and like, just liking, you know, I like finer things. And, um, you know, I like to be, you know, I went to Catholic school, so I think that that's part of it. Um, I love that they allowed her to be a part of that cast and her approach to a woman mm -hmm. like that's approach to sex that not everyone is just like, boom, jumping on it, you know, and, that's, and yeah. you know, some people are approaching it, you know, with a different mindset, but who are you guys from sex in the city? Well, I'm definitely in Charlotte for sure. Yes. Oh, we, awesome. we figured awesome. that out. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a Carrie. I'm a, yeah, yeah, I'm probably a Carrie because yeah. it's interesting. Carrie definitely isn't the wild. Like you go back and you look and you're like, wait a minute. Um, I definitely have a little bit of Charlotte running through me. Yeah. I'm a Catholic school <laughs> gal as well. So yes. like you can't, you have yes. that vibe yeah. running through, but yeah, yeah. It's, we we've not had a proper Samantha or Miranda on yet so we have to sometimes oh, yeah I, I I will say I got I have a I have a Samantha shadow side of me yeah <laughs> I will say that Samantha shadow side but yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. hey I, I loved her which um, Samantha gave me a look like I had sold her out for chocolate yes <laughs> yes yes I've been there when you get to a party yeah. and everyone's boot up you know it's like <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but did you find, Danny, when you got married, did you find that was tricky with your single friendships or was it pretty seamless? Um, yeah, I was, I would say I probably was one of the, the la later people to kind of couple up uh -huh. in my life and, and get married. Mm -hmm. um, and what was interesting was I, I I kind of was later to couple up, but um, I got married before a, a lot of other people who had been in relationships. So I, I did feel a certain kind of weird energy about the fact that I was married now, you know, um, and, you know, I, which, which I don't get because I'm, I'm not one of those like couples that's like attached to the hip, you know, with mm -hmm. the husband. And I, I feel like any of our, my single friends would be totally comfortable with me and my husband. And I wouldn't make them feel like it's us and you, you know, like it's all of us. Um, but yeah, I'm, 
I don't, I don't feel like, um, you know, it's weird. Cause like when you get married, everything changes and everyone's having kids and their lifestyles are changing. So it's just, you know, friendships just fall off really, you know? So it's, I mean, it's kind of sad, you know, I think, cause I, I'm a person that's like, I like to maintain friendships, but you know, people want to move to building families, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the bigger challenge, like I said, rather than them being worried that you're going to like steal away their husband. I think it's just hard. It's very difficult. And, uh, uh, we also have Miranda in this episode. She is participating in the softball game for the firm. And one of the uh, <laughs> lawyers uh, sets her up with a woman named Sid. And uh, and she's like, I'm not gay. Why are you setting up with Sid? Uh, but uh, but uh, then she ends up getting invited to her bosses for a dinner party. And she's never been taken seriously like that before. And this is all very interesting as we think about and just like that, of course, uh, which I don't know if you watched that show, Danny, it wasn't the best, but um, we had fun talking about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but I was just thinking, Jax, like how much better would that have been if like, say at the pride rally, uh, in one of the episodes, Sid had been there and that would have been such a fun, uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, this, what this actress is doing, but, or they could have gotten someone even who looked like her, this is Sid, you know, kind of a thing that would have been such a fun moment to kind of bring up because she's so sure that she's straight in this episode. And then to have her years, years later, exploring her sexuality, uh, it would have been great, but, uh, but yeah, what did you think of Miranda and Sid, uh, Jax? I mean, it was really funny knowing where Miranda's character went in and just like that. And then Cynthia Nixon as a gay woman, right. in that character. So yeah, all, everything about it was funny. I just loved though, that she decided that in a patriarchal society where her boss is like no only couples and it's like a kind of a boys club too she was gonna leverage that to be able to talk about her promotion her career and I did like that she was honest with Sid about that too there, yeah. I thought that was important that she wasn't I mean yes was she using Sid but Sid knew she wasn't gay it wasn't like she was getting dragged along I just really wanted her to flirt with the idea of maybe actually being open to that love connection because what we've already seen from Miranda is that even the dude she's dating like Skipper she's annoyed by him she doesn't seem to like guys that much like maybe you do like women a little bit like don't because just because you don't want to kiss Sid doesn't mean that there aren't other women out there for you yeah clearly <laughs> yeah what did you think uh uh, Danny about um, Miranda and Sid and this whole plot line. Um, yeah, I thought like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, we're trying to add a lesbian couple to our like little friend circle, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, like I can't stand people that are, are, are like that, but, yeah, tokenism. Um, but it's, uh, you know, for Miranda, it would have been a, you know, kind of a, a interesting way for her to leverage that. I, I do think I haven't seen the, uh, the sequel to this, but I do think that that's a fascinating um, kind of journey for her character to, and I and I personally have known a few women who have been on that journey. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. where they where they were like, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight. And then they met, you know, the woman of their dreams. And then they they're like, I'm gay, you know. So um I think that, you know, it just kind of happens like that for for some people, you know. And I I, I thought that that was very like well represented. I I, I wish they would have explored Miranda's sexuality more. I, I agree with Jackie. I wish they would have explored that more in the, the original Sex in the City because I, yeah. I, I, I that, that was missing from that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also have, so Carrie starts to date this guy named Sean. And at first things are going real well. They have lots to talk about. And she's kind of putting aside the fact that they just don't have chemistry at all because he checks off all of her kind of boxes. And, uh, and so they have this surprise party and, uh, she says, I had gone from party guest to prisoner of war. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, yeah, this is interesting because you, you don't typically have the man being the more aggressive as far as wanting a family and marriage and everything. And he, he says how frustrating he is that uh that he he's ready and women say this is what they want but do they really want it uh i think it's just so when you think about the chances of two people really meeting and finding love and everything it's it's not it's a million and one yet it happens every day Mm -hmm. um and uh it's kind of a miracle whenever it happens uh but uh they say maybe the fight between marrieds and singles is like the war in Northern Ireland. We're all basically the same, but somehow we wound up on different sides. Sure. It'd be great to have that one special person to walk home with, but sometimes there's nothing better than meeting your single girlfriends for a night at the movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that was cute. Uh, and I, I also, I enjoyed the fashion at the uh, party. Uh, that was the highlight with them. Um, Charlotte, she had like a cute red dress and then, uh, and then Carrie had on a little black dress that was really cute. I love the fashion of Miranda dressing like what she thinks a lesbian dresses like when she yeah. goes to that party. <laughs> That's like, true. Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh, uh, one other thing. And this was probably the least effective part of the episode was when they run into her old friend joe and his life partner mm-hmm. and joe immediately asks her for her top-notch eggs yes and <laughs> i i mean i i feel like nobody would ever on a you you barely right. seen this person and you you would never do that that way they had to do it for the script because you only have so much time in 28 minutes but um but i did like when stanford says he says it's not only straight people every gay guy now is running off to hawaii putting on a caftan reciting vows and feeling superior to me (laughs) that was really good i miss the old times when everyone was alone (laughs) right right exactly i I think that that was a really great and important part and again this like with with stanford too realizing just how fabulous he was yeah and, right like you see and you're just uh, like oh my goodness yeah and so good mm-hmm. and the that it's not just a 
heterosexual couple thing that this is a universal thing and I thought that was a really cool way that they incorporated that yeah everybody wants a certain point to to be nesting everybody wants to have that person uh so all right well what would you give this episode uh I almost said Carrie what would you give this episode Jax one to ten I like Carrie. That's fine. Uh, I'll answer. Um, I would give this an 8.9. I thought this one was really strong. One of my favorites that I can remember of all six seasons. But now watching them again, it's nice. So I would say an 8.9. Me too. What do you think, Danny? I definitely, I would, I would give it a nine. It's it's very well written. Um, And I, I just, I thought it was hilarious. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. All right, good. So the next episode is called Valley of the 20-something Guys. <laughs> but Jax, overall, what do you think of this episode? I related to this one very <laughs> hardcore because surprisingly, I thought what they really nailed is sometimes there's this narrative of 30s women, younger men aren't going to want to date them. But I felt like when, um, when I was single... Guys in their 20s were really, really great to me and grateful to be dating. And then I dated a couple of guys in their 40s. And like Carrie said, difficult to figure out, can't read them, shots that cool quote about the New York Times crossword puzzle. And there was one point in my life where I was dating a guy in his early 20s and a guy in his early 40s. And the guy in his 20s, best kisser ever, guy in his 40s couldn't get his life together and Mm. I was like okay a lot about this episode I related to including getting caught in the apartment with no toilet paper that was a crime scene and no one should ever have to be in a situation like that yeah yeah that was definitely the funniest part and you're like how do you live like this these people (laughs) yeah um, also the tongue ring for the oh. filter. Oh. <laughs> yeah I feel like the tongue ring is very 98 you know that that yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't see that I I can't imagine I would just I'm a fidgety person so having something like like I would it would just I would be bad it would be yeah. I couldn't do it yeah. uh, <laughs> but it, it kind of reminds me of in our last episode when we talked about the power flip and how uh yeah with the women there's so many women in new york in their 30s that uh that they all of a sudden became kind of the powerful ones versus the um versus the these younger men and 
I mean, Timothy Oliphant is a very beautiful man, and he was very attractive in this episode. Mm. Is Sam. that the guy with the with the tongue ring? Yeah, it was yeah. Sam. I've recognized yeah. him from from other things, but I'm not sure. Yeah, he he did um a western show. I can't think of the name all of a sudden. Mm. Um, but he's been in a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's good. Yeah. Very handsome. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I I I also I did think it was pretty funny. Definitely you know more risque than but the whole thing with charlotte was funny. i went to smith <laughs> i know the whole right i'm like that's, that's my final answer on that i'm not whole okay yeah yeah absolutely um i also thought it was funny when the guy that samantha is with says that she has beautiful wrinkles in her neck and she's oh, like oh god right <laughs> this is over <laughs> right? yeah. oh my goodness yeah <laughs> also another funny line was about the unicorn woman she's like that make a great song oh yeah <laughs> i did love how he was able to nail the energy of 20s men that whole yeah, like yeah. life is their oyster that'd be great song and this and that and nothing bothers them they don't have the baggage you know yeah it reminded me of why i actually didn't like dating in my 20s because it's like that bedroom that bedroom encapsulated why <laughs> it was like i was like you know like you want to stay over it's like no and it's like why you feeling the energy at night you know, but it's like the morning after when you got to wake up and there's no toilet paper and his roommates there scratching his armpits, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. So yeah, I absolutely that. And, and, you know, I really love that, uh, that, that montage scene on the basketball court where they're asking the guys, why do you want to date older women? You know, and they're talking about, mm-hmm. oh, they're, they're grateful. Or one guy says, it reminds me of my mom, you know? Just like oh my god, <laughs> like, that's awkward. You're gonna bump into a guy like that, you know. But I, I really think at the core of it is that you know when you think about sexual peaks, women are at their sexual peak in their 30s, and guys reach their sexual peak in you know at like 18. So you're just closer to like I think sexual chemistry um, when you're dating a guy in his 20s than you are in, when you're in your 30s than you are to date a guy in his forties, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a really true. good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's like scientifically, that's very compelling. And yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's what, one thing I think makes dating in your thirties difficult mm-hmm. uh, is that, that like the, uh, the people your age for the, like a large portion of them are partnered up in one way or another whether they're actually married or with with people mm-hmm. uh and and they haven't it hasn't been long enough for a lot of them to get divorced right <laughs> so then I, right. it seems like i mean i'm just starting my 40s but it seems like <laughs> that'll that like it picks up again hopefully please um <laughs> that it picks up again in the 40s because there's more yeah. people that have cycled right. through yeah yeah i call it second wave <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> Like they're on their second wave, you know, you know, always in the forties. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really just love big and I forgot how charming he was in these early, this early season. He's so great. 
you know, and he's like, don't ever use the, the date. You never use the D word. I will say it, seeing all of their meet cutes, mm-hmm. you do see how they were perfectly lining it up all along for her to be with him in the end. The big was actually end game because these meet cutes are adorable. Yeah. Although we did get on my nerves when he brought his newly single friend to the drink but then it also made me think well he's a good friend but it's disrespectful to Carrie I I spent way too long just going down the mental rabbit hole of actually how I felt about his actions in the episode but Rachel to your point gosh darn it he is charming yeah Yeah. but another thing that was surprising to me is well two things you would never see now one is Carrie wearing fur all the time yeah you never would see that now. And it might've yeah. been artificial or whatever, but you still wouldn't see it now. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Um, that caught and, my eye as well. Yeah. That was interesting because it doesn't feel like that long ago, mm-hmm. but that's definitely something. And how much she smokes that it was definitely <laughs> surprising to me. Mm-hmm. And it, in, and just like that, there is the whole scene with her. She's, she's wearing like uh, uh, dishwashing gloves and uh, she's got like all, you know, that whole scene uh, where she's trying to not get this. She wants to smoke, but she doesn't want to get it on her, her clothes or the smell. And, uh, and yeah, you, you just forgot how much she smokes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that. Cause I was thinking watching sex in the city now with our perspective of today, how hard Carrie is on her body. Yeah. <laughs> smoking she's walking miles in heels which is not good for you right like everything and then also the fact that it's not like oh she doesn't work out or she has to be on this like super fit regimen but I don't think physical fitness is that important to her and she drinks a decent amount there's nothing wrong with any of these things but we see Carrie really not not being very kind to her body throughout a lot of this yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense why she's a mess in a just like that. Just yeah, right. have right. hip surgery and <laughs> yeah, I thought about it before, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The one thing I didn't understand is why why were they calling his uh, Big's friend Mr. Marvelous? I was like, what's marvelous about it? Right. <laughs> get it. Right. I was like, uh, and, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I felt like that needed more payoff. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. she says, she gives Big the crossword uh, answer hinge. And uh, says, all men are like drugs. Sometimes they get, they get you down and sometimes they bring you so high. Mm. So that was pretty good. I loved at the end when she looks back and then she's like, oh, I shouldn't have looked back. That would have been so, yeah, that was I cute. Very, mm-hmm. so charming in this particular episode. Sarah Jessica Parker is a very yeah. good actor and very charming. Yeah. But yeah. There's something about this that I just think she's just really delightful. And one thing though, that they did kind of change in for, and just like that is that they, they give, the other they give Miranda and Charlotte way more time than mm. they do in these early episodes. Definitely like predominantly Carrie's story. Right. Mm. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- also like a lot of Carrie and 
and Samantha. Yeah. It actually made me a little sad given that we know yeah. that there was actually a follow-up because you yeah. look at these episodes and you think, I know they're acting, but also like, were they better friends then or just getting to know each other? And I just, again, that yeah. was I thought of too, like, oh, maybe they yeah. actually like each other then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved the scene in the dressing room at Banana Republic when the lady comes <laughs> in, this isn't the gap. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> and but this was a kind of not a great fashion episode but i did like her blue dress that she uh when she's in the apartment um that whole dress i thought was was pretty and looked good on that bright color sarah just parker looks really good in strong colors i think yeah yeah well Danny, what would you give this episode one to 10? I would give it an eight. I, you know, it was, it had a lot of nostalgia and just a lot of, you know, truths about, about people and uh, that I enjoyed. So I would definitely give it an eight. What about you, Jax? I'm actually going to copycat that and say <laughs> yes to the eight. And also for all those reasons, it did feel like it actually really resonated. Yeah. yeah, I agree. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. So the next episode is called The Power of Female Sex. Jax, what did you think overall of this one? Um, this one was my least favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. I still thought it was really strong and, and funny, really good acting. But I, there was something about the whole power dynamic of the sex stuff that was hitting me in a wrong way that I can't even articulate like the whole like uh sex work and and like thinking that I I guess I'm trying to say is I felt like there was some judgment of this woman's lifestyle uh Carrie's friend oh yeah I'm Alita fabulous life that works for her and I didn't really like the sort of perceived judgment on that there would be anything wrong with that yeah Um, I think where I I think where maybe there is judgment that's a little deserved is I don't think it was right for her to do this to Carrie without telling her what it is she was doing that's a good point you know that's a good point (laughs) (laughs) uh Danny what did you think about it Uh, do what to Carrie well have her be setting her up with this guy and oh, okay. uh you know that uh she should have f- informed her that that was this guy's right. interest you know actually i have a qu- i have a question this is a question i have for the two of you 
was she pimping her out or did she not like did that guy i didn't know like i didn't know if the guy just left it because carrie was saying that how she was hard for cash or if it was actually a what did you two think because that question was left unanswered for me yeah i guess there is some ambiguity but i felt like i felt like they were at least trying to say that that was the thing that this amelita does is that she's I don't know. I don't know mm. if you'd say she's that strong as a, like a pimp, but she has these men and she sets people up with them uh, for these mm. days, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he ended up leaving her a thousand dollars. Thanks for mm-hmm. the beautiful day. Um, but I don't know what you think, Danny, about that. I mean, he asked her to, to go with him, right? He was like, leave this and, and I'll, I'll be in Spain and then I'll be back in France and come join me. Like, you know, so I felt like there was more there than just a, a transaction you know mm-hmm. so I, I i i didn't get that when i first watched it now that you say that though i do see uh what was happening there like that could have been the case as well that she was like setting these guys up with dates um it, it, you know I, I think obviously the guy wanted uh, some type of romantic connection with someone while he was in new york and so I think that that woman probably could have been anyone. But I think that when he met Carrie, I think he liked her. You know, she has a a very kind of, you know, worldly attitude about her that I think European men would love. So I, I thought that they, you know, I, I liked their little like connection or whatever. And in terms of him leaving the money, I'm like, baby, hey, hey <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with it. You can call it whatever you want. <laughs> well <laughs> leave me a thousand dollars please <laughs> yeah i mean samantha defends this whole thing she says money is power sex is power therefore getting money for sex is an exchange of power yeah. and then she says men give give and women receive its biological destiny mm. so <laughs> mm, mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is very samantha yeah <laughs> uh, she probably came uh around if she had been in uh and just like that uh, to be a little bit less because she's such a strong character it's interesting for her to kind of say such a somewhat submissive thing you know mm-hmm. that which is interesting uh, but yeah i mean carrie does seem to have a really good experience you know for the most part she says sure i saw some red flags divorced french and almost uncomfortably handsome but she's talks about being she was floating on air so <laughs> yeah they yeah. had that beautiful um scene with them in um the central park and the the blossoms were falling mm-hmm. down and it just reminded me of i mean anyone that's been in love in new york you you've had a a time in Central Park, you know, and it's like how you can be in love in New York and you're just walk, it's free, it's free, you know, and you're just enjoying the beauty of the city. You know, me and my husband fell in love in New York, you know, and it's just, I think there's nothing else like it really. Well, yeah, we were talking last time about how interesting it is that- Such a Charlotte moment. (laughs) See, right. This show came out the same year as you got mail and you look at like the different mm. views of love in New York between mm, the, wow. those two things. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think Jax of the whole thing with the, uh, trying to get the hot table, the, the restaurant? 
<laughs> okay, so the great equalizer of a woman needing a tampon that sort of bonds us across. Yeah. That was this moment of vulnerability that was met with kindness from Carrie and then it got them the table. I, I don't know, I had a, I had a little, my little heart just leapt and I just thought that was cool because I think about the amount of restrooms that I've been in when I've been either the giver or the receiver of the tampon <laughs> and it has always felt like such a beautiful bonding moment I love I love being a woman when things like that happen so I, I thought that was great yeah yeah that was it was good and uh they and I think everybody can relate to just wanting to get into the like it's you don't even necessarily care that much about like the prestige or whatever but just like everyone's talking about it so you want to be talking about it too the cronut when the cronut thing happened i never got a cronut uh. like it's too busy it's too busy i'm like everyone's doing it you know <laughs> yeah. same thing i never got one yeah <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I, I love Samantha's line where she goes up to the hostess and is like, I'm kind of somebody and she's definitely kind of right. somebody and her trying to use her power to like wheel and deal to get the table. It was yeah, such yeah. a Samantha thing to say yeah. and I just thought really perfect. Yeah. And I thought this was one of the first episodes we've had with some good fashion, some, mm. some good fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, she's wearing sort of a silver dress with a, um, uh, with a jacket kind of on top of it, uh, which I thought was really cute. And I loved her nightgown that she had on yeah. when I it. it looked so comfortable. <laughs> yeah. That is a great nightgown. I want one of those. <laughs> and then well, we'll talk more about Charlotte, but the, the clothes they were wearing at the gallery, that was very, I, you know iconic yeah so that was fun and she has kind of a it almost looks like a kimono kind of look about it with red uh, purple with red and white flowers uh with a strong lip and uh, so I liked that a lot it was good um but yeah let's talk about Charlotte so she <laughs> meets this artist named Neville visits the gallery and he invites Charlotte to his farm and it turns out that he is doing a line of paintings about what should we call it should we just <laughs> women uh, <laughs> they're, they're flowers he's painting women's flowers very good anyway and uh they, i i do feel like that is something that not only has existed but for maybe frequently uh it seemed it felt very like new york art scene want to be a uh, edgy painter kind of a thing I don't know <laughs> <laughs> do you think I, that was funny Danny um you know I, I wasn't sure what, what what to expect you know I was like <laughs> you know <laughs> um sometimes I feel like all women get into a situation like that where like some guy you know you're like do you want like what do you want from me yeah. you know and then you know <laughs> it's really funny yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good point that it, it 
this was obviously a very um, extreme example of that, but I think we have it in situations. A lot of women do find ourselves in those things where you're like, I'm not sure what script you're working with here. But what I will say is that this entire situation actually didn't really seem nefarious or sleazy or even creep me out that much because he is an artist. This is something he's done with multiple women. And the fact that his wife was there and totally rolling with it. Yeah. And she was funny. Yeah. Her line to Charlotte, which I won't repeat. But, um, but but the most powerful force in the universe. <laughs> that was good. That was very funny. <laughs> there's something yeah. that's really inspiring about how Charlotte was so excited to share it with her friends then and how they were all staring at what her flower looked like. I actually thought that was, it was, I mean, cute is maybe a, a weird word for it, but I, there was something about it that brought me a lot of joy that actually didn't make me feel icky or yeah. like he was taking advantage of her. And I had, couldn't help but think how must have, must have been hilarious for the prop department to make those paintings. No. <laughs> yes, yes, very true. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so I would give this one, it is my least favorite of the three, but I still thought it was pretty funny. Um, I'd give it like a seven, I think. Uh, what do you think, Jax? Yeah, this one for me was hovering a little above a seven, like a 7.2. I liked it, but yeah, out of this, this is such a strong series of episodes that it definitely was my least favorite out of these three. Yeah. Did you, yeah, you agree, Danny? Yeah, I agree with you guys. I actually, I would give it like a 6.5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Thank you so much, Danny, for coming and talking with these uh, episodes with us. This was so much fun. We'll definitely have yeah. you back. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, you guys rock. (laughs) Um, Give me a reason to watch Sex in the City. I love it. (laughs) This has been so much fun. I have enjoyed this so much more than I even thought I would. It has been great. Uh, But Jax, how can people find you? Uh, Jacqueline C. tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. Great. And Danny, how can people find you? Danny Steele Instagram, Danny Steele YouTube, Danny, well, uh, La Cochi Loco on Twitter, but Danny Steele as well. You type it in, hopefully you'll find me. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We appreciate it so much, especially as we're starting this kind of new series. We really love getting those five-star reviews. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our Patreon group and merch store. Check all that information out in the description. And thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.